Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Ivy Exec Insights. My name is Alexander, and you're listening to our weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and also follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, in today's episode, you will have a chance to hear the hidden job market revealed how to land dream roles without ever cold submitting a resume yet with our special guest anish majumdar career coach and hidden job market expert over the past 12 plus years he has helped a thousand people uh, around the world take the reins of their professional destinies and break free of job search hell permanently you can check out his uh, free career videos and training at helloanish.com and also connect with him on LinkedIn to receive daily career tips and advice that actually work. So join us uh, today for this session with uh, Anish as he shares a step-by-step strategy for tapping into this source of career abundance. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much. Uh, welcome, everybody. So happy that you guys are here. Um, I thank you so much for the nice um, introduction. Um, a big shout out to Ivy Exec for hosting this. Uh, I'm very excited to be speaking to each and every one of you. Um, uh, I want this to be something really transformative, and I want this to be something that enables practical change um, in your career, forward motion, no matter where you are. Can you imagine a better time for us to be talking about this? Um, You've probably heard all over the place that, hey, um, it's an employee's market. Uh, you might have noticed things like, hey, people you know, in your company, landing promotions, uh, landing new jobs without kind of going through the normal parts of it, right? You might have, you, you, this is a time where there's this great excitement because the last couple of years of pain, of indecision has brought forth a real truth in the eyes of all companies, which is, 80% of what was working is no longer going to work. So no matter what your attitude is towards hiring, towards growth, if you want to move forward, if you want to be a part of the future, you need to bring in new talent. You need to bring in new points of view. So a certain subset of people in every industry are getting the lion's share of these opportunities. I've been a career coach for over 12 years. Um, I'm going to invite you guys uh, right now to... Um, uh, Take a second, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me a follow. Um, I'm always out there, me and my team, uh, sharing advice directly from the 2,000 other people, professionals, that we have broken out of job search hell permanently, the 10,000 we want to reach, and we're sharing advice, insights, things that are working versus things that are not every single day. So if you have a moment, I would ask you guys, with your permission, uh, have your existing resume up, have your LinkedIn profile up. And if you have LinkedIn up, take a second, put in the word Anish, A-N-I-S-H, put in the word career. There shouldn't be many other career coaches with my first name out there. I would really appreciate that. But the reason I'm here today to speak to you guys is as much to do with uh, with concern as it is opportunity. You know, um, Because like I said, this is not an evenly distributed opportunity versus problem thing. It's not like everyone is getting the lion's share. I was talking uh, with someone uh, a week ago who literally got passed over for a promotion that, that he was promised for the better part of nine months because the company, get this, was growing so quickly that he was indispensable, right? So, you know, qualified people, experienced people, people with MBAs, people with degrees and experience, none of that is an insurance policy for you to actually get the abundance that we're talking about, for you to actually make hay right now. Right. And the reason is, is that we've been looking in the wrong places. Right. We've been looking to sort of run a faster hamster wheel when the real solution is anything but. And I want to clue you guys into that because the solution to what you want, whether it's a better role, promotion, faster job, more jobs, getting out of this 30 to 40 hour time suck that we call searching for a job. No, dude. No way. No way. No way. I want to show you what changed my life first, and then I want to show you what me and my team have found in teaching people just like you, but everyone I believe needs to get out of this. Okay, let me let me, let me me uh, um, make it even more clear to each and every one of you guys, okay? Um, 
And because I could say, look, uh, have you experienced someone landing a role? Have you ever been pressured to take a job just because guess what? You had nothing on the horizon. Well, you're feeling the pain of this. Did you ever ignore your better instincts? I hear this all the time when accepting a job only to later find out you should have passed, right? Have you ever held off advocating for yourself or gone through an endless hiring process? I was speaking to a client a week and a half ago, right? Who told me that he was rejected for a job, high level IT executive job after 10 rounds of interviews because they found out, talk about BS. Oh, you were, Deepak, you were interviewing for uh, another company? No, no, no. That's not the kind of commitment that we want. So after six plus months interviewing for this one company, giving up time with his family, doing all the things that we do, you know, to get rejected and to get thrown out. That's the fear that I'm talking about. That's the insecurity that I'm talking about. And this is a picture here you're going to see on the screen that to me is the closest thing of a visual representation to that, okay? Let's play a game, okay? Find the Indian career coach in this picture, right? You're going to see my two sons there. You're going to see Henry. You're going to see Mickey back there. Where's, where's me? Where am I in this, right? You might be feeling like my head feels, right? Notice they've got me in a bit of a, a, a death grip here, right? Um, my head is just crushed, you know, um, They've been taking Taekwondo, so uh, I, I'm I'm very quickly reaching that point where uh, the very legitimate fear of ha 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 wrestling with them is becoming oh my god they're very quickly going to overpower me you know what I mean uh, so so you might be feeling like this uh, I I think it's an open secret that uh, it doesn't matter how much you've accomplished on the outside are you feeling good right now are you feeling fulfilled right now are you feeling like you're getting what you deserve right now. Because I felt like this long before I was a career coach. I was um, an actor in my 20s, film and TV actor. Um, I was a journalist for nearly 10 years. Uh, I'm a published author uh, of a novel called The Isolation Door. Uh, uh, I've lived many lives ever, you know, since, you know, before becoming a career coach. But I got to tell you, and I got to be really clear with you guys, okay? Absolutely nothing about your accomplishments or any of the things that you hew onto as a value driver really works when it comes to the gatekeepers. And that's what I wanna break out of because as much as I accomplished, every time the time came to get another job, I was trapped like everybody else. I was screwed like everybody else. And in fact, in some sense, the more I accomplished, the more I got awards for journalism, the more I got these, these really breakout things. And listen, the, the, the number of out of the thousands and thousands of career trajectories I have seen, uh, and hopefully we're going to be looking at yours right now in this session and making improvements right now in this session. All right, I'm. I, I, I want you to, to hear me. I hear over and over again, Anish, you don't understand. I should be accepting a lower salary than I deserve because of this problem in my work history. And then I look at it and I say, that's not a problem. That's 15 years of success, and you did the best that you could with one bad bad job, and you looked out for your team and you moved forward. You think you've got to carry that shame? You don't. Or maybe I'm working with a woman who has spent her whole life basically being told, um, like Steph, one of my clients, uh, uh, she spent her whole life being told, guess what? You should be lucky for what you have. You should be lucky. Even as an executive, you should be lucky for what you have. Now she has the opportunity to originate. She has the opportunity to be at the ground level as one of the top four or five leaders in a company moving it forward, doing the impossible. No one tells us this stuff. No one tells us that this whole thing of, of answering job postings, Monster, Indeed, all of that, those are the scraps. Less than 10% of all executive jobs are there because they've tried to solve it any other way possible, and most of the time they've succeeded. So you're seeing the dregs, right? Less than 20% of the entire market is going to be seen through these job postings. And yet, what, what, what are we told? Sometimes you might have a husband or a wife who's telling you this. Hey, now is not the time to be choosy. Now is the time where you take whatever you can get. With all due respect, if you are taking pride in your, in your career, you're taking pride in the impact that you have, you should never be thinking like that. And you should especially not be thinking like that when you've had a couple of months of scarcity, however that is, bad job, in between jobs, whatever. Now's the time I want each and every one of you, before I teach you anything, because I'm so concerned by this because there's so much opportunity and such a such a calamity of lack of self-belief out there. 
before I teach you anything, before I show you anything, can we recommit to why you're here? What are you here for? What are you here on Ivy Exec? What are you here listening to me for? To get some innocuous information? There's 50,000 other people out there who can give you BS information. Go ahead. But why are you here? Tell me it's not just another job. Tell me it's not just, hey, I want another uh, version of, 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 what I, of, of what I've already had. I'm seeing people who are desperately underpaid. I'm seeing people who can barely afford to keep the lights on and they should be on easy, easy street because of the market value of what they have, but they haven't recognized it. So they don't know, right? What's that for you? What's your dream right now? I want you to think about it. I, look, I'm not seeing you, you're seeing me, right? So in the anonymity of your home or wherever you're taking this, take one second, make sure they haven't beaten this out of you. What do you want? What's the dream? What are you trying to make real? What's the life? Is it a better life for your kids? My dreams were pathetic until I became a dad because then I finally had someone and someone to do it for. So what are we doing it for, guys? I want you guys to get fired up because if you if it's a, a big dream for you and your loved ones, you'll do anything. You'll do brave things. And yes, you're gonna have to be brave. Yes, careers are not made in anonymity. They are not. But you're not going to do that for just another job. You're not going to do that buying into the false BS narrative out there that you're just another cog. Because that is, is a huge part of the reason this legacy job market doesn't work for us to begin with, right? So I'm going to show you how are you going to dialogue directly with CEOs. Anyone can do it. Yes, anyone can do it at your level, not new college grads. That's why I'm not talking to Ivy exec new college grads, right? not people who've been excuse makers their whole life. I'm gonna assume if you're taking this training, that's not you, because you're gonna be found out very quick, right? When you're talking with real people. I'm talking anyone, and I mean anyone. I, I, I have suffered from anxiety my entire life, depression sometimes. It used to take me 45 to 55 minutes to pick up the phone and call anyone. And every worst case scenario would go through my head. Trust me, every doubt that you can imagine, every crappy feeling, I felt it. But I found a way to do it with pleasure, with love, without ever networking or being a type A personality, but really sharing some of the glory and beauty that you have anyway, that they tried to make you forget, right? How do you interlink your career brand and messaging? I'm seeing a huge disparity here, guys. Low-level thinking. You cannot be director, VP, SVP, C-suite level. Look at your profile right now. Before we get into it, look at it. Look at that headline right underneath your name. Are you going towards an outcome, which means a change, a way you can leave a business better? Or are you doing what 99.99999% of the leaders I have worked, coached with, connected with do? You're still trading skills. I am a digital transformation expert with a background in this, with a specialization in this, with AI, with machine learning this. I am a finance specialist who has a background in this, who can do this, but that doesn't work at your level. So if you're wondering why am I not getting visibility? Well, guess what? We don't want a skills trader at that level. At, let's say you wanna be a CTO, chief technology officer. What do you think is required to do that? Technical skills? No. Everyone who's seriously going to be, be, be considered is going to have technical skills. The people who win out at the last stages, I know I have been in that room, are people who can talk the talk of a simple strategic partner to the business. They don't let technology interfere because that's their, that's their area. That's how they get the result. But the result they, they are after is the same result you have. And they can talk to you the way that makes sense to you. A CTO is a strategic partner to the business who happens to use technology and a whole bunch of other things. They don't need a four or five page resume listing out 50,000 skills. They don't need a LinkedIn profile and they shouldn't have a LinkedIn profile that says SAAS and this and this. That just looks low level. This person has aged out of the game and they need to recognize where they are. Many of you guys, you're at a higher level in your career. You cannot keep relying on the low level starter pack. Of, of advancing things, right? So I'm gonna show you how to do all of that and finally how to systematize and scale so that three hours per week generates more activity than 30 plus hours on job boards. Most of the people we work with, they're busy executives. They do not have time. They have lives, they have, they have often active jobs. If they're spending 15 minutes advancing something, there is an, a concrete ROI for that. And I'm gonna show you exactly what they're doing, including using some automation towards making that possible, all right? So 
I could spend forever talking about successes. Why don't we talk, talk about some examples, okay? Mike, a person just like you, I hope all is well with you, your family. I wanted to send you a quick update. In the end, I had five offers to choose from, and I went for the one that I really wanted and fit my needs. How did five offers, offers happen? Following the process I'm about to show you to the T, not improvising, not saying, hey, I'm going to do this and still go out for it. I'm working with someone right now who should have been a, a GC general counsel six years ago. Guess what? There should not be one AGC, assistant general counsel, in any of his targeting, because that's going to pollute everything. He's already spent too long as that. I want you guys to be clear. I want you to have five offers in front of you so you can genuinely have a choice. Most people do not. They take whatever they can find after they've been bled dry, right? Not one of the jobs was posted. All were created by talking to the right people and creating the position based on my skills and their need for help. Here's another one. And marginalized for years as just a finance person, not a partner, was asked this week to join an asset tech company to create the strategy for client relationships and to help form them. I believe that I'm one of the first, if not the first full-time employee. She is truly in the forefront of where she wants to be. She wants to have that level of impact and did not take what I'm about to show you through the lens of let me do this just to feel a little less guilty about my crappy job search and my job that doesn't make sense. She was like, let's do this like this is the answer. When is the last time you looked at your own career, your job that way? And I'm not judging, but I don't see it. I don't see it. How about this? Sound the horn. That's what we say. In our world, when people in our tribe generate another offer, we blow the air horn over here, right? Here's the detail. Yesterday, I started a new role, 22,000 employee, 650 million publicly traded company, right? Um, and that's not the only one, right? Comes with a massive headcount, wide open blue sky market. Options, guys. Options, options, options. That's what I want for each and every one of you. I want each and every one of you to have this kind of abundance, where it doesn't matter really what job you have right now, what's going on right now, whether some company is gonna buy you out, you're operating independently. You always have a universe of opportunities, early, mid, late stage, because when you have that, you're free. That's my assertion, okay? So let me prove it to you guys, and let's start making some of these changes happen. This right here, this changed everything for me. This right here, what you're seeing on this slide, and I want you to just take it in because I honestly do not know where my life would have gone, not because I wasn't working hard, not because my wife and I, Aaron, weren't doing everything right, this is probably the seed of forbidden knowledge. This is what broke us out of the matrix. Every single human interaction can be seen through the lens of frames, okay? So you go to um, see a doctor. You sit down in the waiting room. Cool, cool. Uh, what does the doctor do? Does the doctor go in there and... Uh, uh, you know, regale you with all of their degrees and their specializations? They don't, do they? What do they do? They assess, right? They, they ask questions. Their authority, if you want to think of it in a certain way, is supported by the relevancy of the questions they ask and how confidently and easily they direct you towards an outcome, right? They're behaving like an expert. If they didn't do that, it didn't matter how qualified they were, you would have doubts about them. If a doctor didn't behave the way that you expected them to, the way that in some sense you've been trained to ever since you were a kid, right? Shout out Dr. Duyon, my, 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 one of the best doctor I ever had, you know, was my childhood doctor, you know, in Montreal. Uh, uh, if they didn't do that, it would break down. So you gotta know, right? Restaurant goer, waiter, right? Here's a, a, a great piece of advice uh, that uh, I got back when in my single days. Don't ever keep dating someone who is rude to waitstaff for no reason. That person is trash. And it's true, by the way. That is totally true. People who are rude to other people for no reason whatsoever are generally trash human beings, right? But you know how to deal with a waiter. You know how to make this thing work so you get the food, they get the money, they get paid, you get happy and, and, and full, right? You understand. Parent-child is one. And here's the thing, guys employer job seeker is just a frame okay and the problem that i see and where instantly where people get stuck 
is they get so preoccupied with how do I do better as a job seeker that they never stop to ask themselves, should I actually be engaging in this thing as a job seeker to begin with? Is there another way, right? Job seeker frame plus employer frame equals employer skewing opportunities. Read, you're getting shafted, right? If you go, if you come in cold, you are getting commoditized. You are being compared, contrasted, and the things that make you unique are naturally getting buffed out. I want you guys to be honest, right? And I, I want to I see this in the chat. No judgment, okay? I've done this dozens of times. How many times, and, and just put in a yes, okay? If you've just done this once, put in a yes, okay? If you've done it more than once, put in a heck yes, okay? Have you ever wasted time you will never get back uh making your resume a carbon copy of uh a job posting making your linkedin profile a carbon copy of a job posting and preparing for an interview based on a job posting how many of you have done that right how many of you know that feeling i know i have you know why that doesn't work? For many reasons. Not just because that, that cost of entry is gonna force you to go through whatever hoops they have. Did you guys know that most job postings are completely dishonest? Did you know that most of them, like no company, think about it. If you're running a company, are you really going to, to give sensitive information about gaps in your marketing strategy, gaps in your growth strategy, et cetera, to put on a job board? Of course not. So what are you gonna do? You have a need to hire someone, but you you can't give them the real information. You can't have, so you, you most people, here's the dirty truth. They will look up other job postings and they will ape something based on that. But here's why it doesn't work for you. Because even if you give up your unique value, your worth, your capabilities doing that, right? Because it's BS, the engagement process is BS too. Because no matter how good of a story or a way in which you engage with it, I'm never gonna respect someone who doesn't get to the truth with me, right? Never. So you bought my line, so did 10 other people. All it really does is it keeps you in the dark and it allows me to continue commoditizing you. That's a big part of the reason why executives who do even manage to land roles through the traditional market find themselves micromanaged, find themselves underpaid and routinely find themselves when they start the job realizing that they're starting it and the reasons in which they agreed to it were under totally different pretexts. Happens all the time. So my challenge to you, right, as someone who's been in the game a little bit, as someone who's been around, as someone who probably has gobs and gobs and gobs of value that you're not properly respecting right now, what if you change that? What if you were never a job seeker ever again? What if you never had to have that conversation? What if instead, hear me out, what if you were an expert for what you do in your way, not on Oprah, not on Dr. Phil, just someone who knows their worth and understands and has a relatively unique way of moving a company forward, moving an organization forward, getting a certain kind of outcome, right? Plenty of career coaches out there. There's only one thing that I do. I focus on teaching you how to generate dream offers that you would not be able to get out there your way now. That's the differentiator over here. What's yours, right? So what if you are an expert? Because if you are credibly an expert in your humble way for your process, then guess what happens? Job seeker becomes expert, and that forces a change from employer to client. They're looking at you not defensively, but as interest, as, okay, what can we do? What's the play here? Where can we go? And once you change that from job seeker and employer to expert and client, everything, everything switches into your zone. And now, all of a sudden, you don't have to wait for something to get posted. You're dialoguing at the high level. You're already capturing that 80 to 90%. You're becoming aware of it. Not only are you becoming aware of it, there's no competition because no one else is doing this. No one has the entrance. They're all begging for handouts as a job seeker. You're having a conversation as an equal to see, hey, can we exchange information, value, and help each other out? This happens all the time, guys. I didn't know that it happened. I come from two Indian immigrants uh, 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 growing up in Montreal. 
You know, I, I didn't know any of this. In fact, I, I remember I, um, uh, one of the moments I'll, I'll never, uh, never, never forget. I uh, was signed up for a tennis class one summer. My dad had learned how to play tennis using a wooden racket, so he gave me a wooden racket. Right? You call that the job search. And I go out there week in, week out, and I get smashed. I get destroyed by literally anyone. It didn't matter how good I played. Since the innovation from wood onto aluminum, et cetera, it had just changed everything, right? And I tried to convince my dad over and over again, right? Dad, you got to do the Dad, this is not going to work. Dad, it's not going to work. Nothing worked, right? It wasn't until I actually brought him. We biked on over there one Saturday. And he saw me play for five minutes that literally that afternoon. He's like, yep, let's go. Bought it. A notorious cheapskate, bought it immediately. When you see it, the change happens instantly, right? When you see this shift and you see the change in the dialogue and the opening it happens, it changes everything. But this right here is filled, filled, filled with resistance, right? If you get out of this, right? Forget about being pigeonholed. Right, you can you can talk to anyone. If I'm in tech, I, I don't have to just worry about talking with tech leaders. I can talk to anyone who's affected by my process. Right, you set your asking price. You get to create a life of abundance and joy for you for you and your loved ones. All of today's limitations fall away, and your only limits are that of your ambition and your imagination. The lock step of the job search as we know it is doing most of the weighing down for you right now. If you break out of that, you're going to be in a different place now. I know a huge percentage of you out there are already, I can already feel some of those beams of judgment coming my way, right? Listen, Anish, I'm not an expert. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not an authority figure. Insert whatever word. Do, do you guys want to know something? Um, before there was a system that my team and I taught, I had to learn the system, right? I had to... Uh, uh, learn it through working with clients. I had to learn it through personal experience as being a job seeker out there. And then I started learning from other coaches and experts. I'm going to be real with you guys. Whatever the resistance thought you have, I've heard it directed against you 10 times worse than anything that's going through your mind right now. Because over the years, in order to create an end-to-end, -end, right, that allows you to do this, I've worked with entrepreneurs. I've worked with experts. I've worked with leaders in the industry. I've worked with leaders who are experts at closing on the phone, right? Experts in negotiating. Experts on the LinkedIn side to supplement what I do. Always. And you know what many of them have told me? Anish, I don't care how, how the people who have spent their lives in the job search, they're so firmly like ensconced in their kind of like docile way of thinking that even if you gave them an end to end, they wouldn't, they don't have that spirit of freedom in them. You know, they spent their whole lives begging for permission from their parents, then begging for permission from a boss and then begging for permission from their spouse. What are they, what do they know about acting courageously, which is really what it is. You give them a cop out reason. Oh, this is only entrepreneurs do this. Everyone has to do it, guys. I don't really care what your resistance point is. If fear drives you better than inspiration, which it does for most of us, look at it this way. You know this big thing about um, automation that's supposed to be taking all of our jobs? It's happening, but not in the way that you guys think. It's not going to happen only amongst truck drivers and only amongst cashiers and all the jobs that you don't want that you think are far away. Automation is affecting this Automation is affecting hiring. Automation is affecting the haves versus the have-nots. It's creating a new class of people who are independent versus everyone else who hasn't gotten the message yet. And this is running rampant across every industry, but high turnover, high opportunity industries, such as tech, such as finance, right? Such as consumer goods, lux, so many of these, you're feeling it more. So, Maybe it's time to just take a second look at this. Maybe it's time if I can, and, and, and let me just put this in you, let me put this idea in you. If there was a way that you can do all of this that makes you feel strong and empowers you and isn't just the soft job search currency, would that make it easier for you? How about not spending four plus years trapped in this crap, dude, trying to impress gatekeepers that you couldn't care less about? trying to take on jobs that you didn't, you don't know anything about really, right? 
The average right now is 900K in lost earnings by being forced to accept offers within range. Read, you're getting screwed over. That's all that means. We have a range for you. Don't worry about it. That means you're getting screwed over. Okay. Zero real control over when you get another job offer and dependence on low level gatekeepers, right? That's the cost. And by the way, this cost is being experienced on the employer side because companies are realizing that all of the ATS systems, all of this stuff have done bupkis in terms of actually improving the quality of the hire, certainly the performance or the retention. So what they're doing, right? Because they realize this has failed, they're adjusting as well. So as we're trying to say, look, make this hidden market your main force, they're also incentivizing inside referrals, which is what this is all about. The people that you need to reach right now, there's cash bonuses. Right now, there's advancement opportunities. Right now, there's networking opportunities, soft power opportunities. It is massive right now. Did you guys know that at the C-suite level, one of the strongest indicators of your long-term power and viability as a professional is your ability to solve high-level business challenges based on who you know? That's you. Why can't that be you? And why is that so much worse than sending your resume out and then having to copy and paste, we've all done this, copy and paste that stuff into an online message submission system that no one's gonna read anyway. Why do we even do that? We do it because we feel ashamed because somehow it's shameful to get another job, right? Like you improving yourself or, um, um, you know, the first year as a, as a journalist, I made $12,000 for the year and I worked my ass off, guys. This is not a value judgment on who you are, but why is there such shame about it? Why is there such um, simultaneous ambition and lack of self-belief when now is the time when even companies are like, dude, solve our problems on the inside. It costs a company an average of 160% of the salary of a first-year executive. What you're going to make, 160, right? It's add 60%. That's what it costs to bring in one new person. The cost to bring that person in internally as a warm hire through the hidden job market is infinitesimally smaller. So if it costs me less, guess what? You also have a lot more bandwidth in terms of how you do what you do. All I want from you is the high-level outcome. I'm not here to micromanage. Do you guys see what I'm talking about? right? It's not a question of choosing between job seeker and expert. It's a question of deciding whether really once and for all, you wish to be a part of the haves or the have nots. And it is a choice. It is a choice. No one's going to give this to you, man. There's way, way, way enough people out there who are starting to clue in and none of them want to share this information. I would be doing this every day if I could, but I'm not, but I'm doing it now for the people who actually care who are actually feeling a little bit like that frog that's slowly boiling in the water, right? The haves control the engine, the have-nots are trying to hitch a ride. So here's the first thing I want you guys to do, and let me lead you through this. So this is easily one of the biggest time sucks, right? If you're spending hours upon hours tweaking this brand over and over and over again, you are just wasting time. Ideally, the goal should be your brand should be high enough, unique enough, to allow you to go after any types of opportunities and create opportunities without you having to go back to the drawing board. Going big is the answer in the right way, right? But if you don't, you're just gonna be stuck in this. And it's just a waste, guys, it's a waste. The stats don't even prove that tweaking to, to a job posting over and over again gets you anything because it's not like those people are getting the outcome. You might get the first interview, but you know what happens after that? Then you're, you're subject to an acid test. And all of these fake little changes you've made start making you look really unprofessional and really kind of low level and amateurish, right? So you're never gonna convince someone that you're the best fit with what they're looking for by giving them exactly what, what they want. It's a combination of some of that and something else. That's why 38% of the time, the best qualified person on paper ends up getting the job. What happened to the rest? The 62% offered something else. They had the courage to lead off with something else that had value. You're giving me something I didn't know I needed until I saw it, right? That's the entry point. So here's my question. I want you guys all to do this, right? And drop it in, 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 in the uh, comments um, uh, as you're working on this, all right? You're, I, I'm gonna, I wanna start giving out 10,000 and 15,000 bonus hidden market crushing bonus points here uh, to you, okay? Here's the question. I want you... Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, write down right now, no, no corporate BS allowed, okay? I'm not your gatekeeper here. I want you to do well, and I want you to get paid. 
What are 10 ways that you can make any company or client better? In any way, shape, or form, okay? So I'm here's your here's your what, what's the dream amount of money? Quarter million dollars? Boom. 170? Boom. 150? Boom. Whatever it is. 250, five, I don't care. Here's the check. The, the job title is you are you have as much power as I do, which means you can hire, fire, establish processes, implement new systems, throw out partnerships, uh, divert to a new market demographic. You can do whatever you want. You can make whatever changes you want. We're going to have one conversation 11 months from now. It's going to be 15 minutes long. I'm going to ask you in very, very universal, like you're not allowed to use your go-to words here, right? If you're in data, you're not allowed to use the word data once. If you're in marketing, you're not allowed to use the word marketing once, okay? I'm going to talk with you, and I want to see how this company is, is an order of magnitude better, transformed as a result of your work, right? What are some of the ways that you would get started? No limit, guys, no limit. What would you put in there? Do you, um, I worked with uh, Brenda, uh, strong background in finance. Uh, she knew she was going to lose her job for seven months. She could have had seven months to look for that new opportunity. She didn't. She let that time run out, not because she was lazy, but because she wouldn't have felt good looking out for herself after the members of her team were, were taken care of. She helped and assisted and used time to set up them with their jobs. That's, that's, that's something that I would put in here. That kind of accountability, that kind of showing up for your people, that's definitely something that I would write. What would be something else, right? Do you have a gift with that customer connection? Or do you have a gift with walking into complex operations and making things simple, making things clear, right? Making things brutally clear if you need to be, right? Where else, guys? Give me 10, give me 10. 10 ways you leave this company changed. I'm not here to limit you. I'm here to celebrate you. But if we don't start the process of recognizing those things which makes us brilliant, you're darn sure never going to get rewarded for it. If we can't say to ourselves, right, in a simple class, yeah, I'm proud of the fact that I stood up for my people even when I didn't have to. Yeah, I'm proud of the fact that even though this company uh, um, is, is falling apart, I was talking with someone just like you who... Uh, uh, is in trouble right now by their spouse because they had to, to pass up a six-figure um, uh, director of innovation job. Why would you say no to that? Well, why don't we look at it? This person wants to make a real impact. And you know what the truth is? He understood through implementing our process the truth of what was going on at this company. The truth is these guys have been bought out and they are cycling down. They don't really want a director of innovation. They want someone who's going to keep a lid on until they can let everyone go. Now, why would you ever want to be a part of that? And don't you have a right, especially if you can generate something better, to do something better? So what do you call that? What do you call someone who has a real hunger to actually make the change that we're talking about, who can bring together innovation, people, leadership, who, who, I, I, that, this is the way I want you guys to think about, okay? So you've got this, right? G give me as close to 10 that you've got uh, on, your, on, your, on your piece of paper. No corporate jargon allowed, okay? Now here's the follow-up to that. Look at the things that you've written down, and I want you to start asking yourself, what was the magic that made that happen, right? So if you're really good with people and that accountability, and you have this sort of data-driven mind, and you have this weird front-facing thing, ask yourself, what's the, what is this? Why is it working this way? I'm, I'm a learned extrovert. You know, I'm deeply introverted, but the artistic path and, and, uh, first gave me a little bit of a of a of a sense that I could start communicating uh, you know my whole shuttered family life you know with mental illness and all this other stuff you know being able to ex 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 experience that was powerful but but here's the thing now as a career coach that acting skill that ability to understand behaviorally what's going on between two people how do we actually change the temperature of this room how do we get to the truth all of these things now give me a superpower Right, And when I link together that behavioral acumen with the copywriting, with the marketing, with the LinkedIn expertise, with the job search expertise, right? Now we've got some, so what's the magic there? What's your magic? What's your process, right? What are the calling cards of what you do? Think about, here's another way to think about it. What has made you an odd man out, right? What's the skill, what's the area of something that you're really good at that you have been struggling for years to make a part of your, of your legitimate work history? 
what is your magic, right? And the moment of truth, right? And I, I want you guys to get started on it, but this is something that you can keep building and deepening, okay? It's a way of thinking about your brand, right? Name your process. So you got these ways of making a change, right? And you can build, 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 build as much as you need to. You've got these ways of investigating what is that magic, right? And now I want you to build that and bring it together into something called a process. So one way of thinking about it is just one. I help businesses achieve X using your magic process, which delivers magical outcomes A, B, and C. So I help businesses achieve growth in any environment through, let's say, Alessa's magic process, which brings together high-level business strategy, hyper, hyper counterintuitive and effective marketing and biz dev, and the kind of team leadership that actually, you know, does the impossible, i.e., enables our best talent to stay with us longer, right? What's your way? What's your way? What are the areas of change that you can make happen, right? What are those beautiful circles that can't just be summed up in one job posting, right? What's your magic process, right? And the more you think about that, the more you think about your process, the more you bring that in, the more I want you to think about that being the crux of your entire brand. That's your calling card. Not your skills, which anyone can break apart, but your process, which no one else can, right? People can agree with it. People can disagree with it. That is not the important thing. The important thing is that you have a point of view. The important thing is that your experience gives you the ability to say there is a right way forward and there is a wrong way forward, right? Now, let me, let me, let me um, ask you guys, if you um, are... Uh, starting the conversation this way. If you've rebranded this way, so you're avoiding that kind of trap and you're moving it forward, what would be the next step? Here's one, don't pitch, right? When you go into a, a relationship, when you start it, right? Be that doctor we were talking about. In other words, don't go in there, slide that resume across, ask yourself, right? What is the pain that these guys are experiencing, right? When we work with someone, we'll have them create what's called a question bank, which is a multi-page document that has multiple areas in it that gives you basically a cheat sheet for directing this conversation so that you can have five, 10, as many high level conversations as you want and you don't go back to the drawing board. I want you to think about as a leader, I want you to put yourself completely in the shoes of the other person, okay? Forget about trying to pitch yourself or prove or anything. You don't know what that is. If they ask you, hey, are you looking for a job? Your answer is no. Am I looking to maximize the impact of what I do? Absolutely. But are we at that place right now? No, here's what I would like to do. Right? Here's what I've seen in the industry. Here's what I've been doing. Here's how I'd like to spend the next 25 tight minutes, if you're okay with it, if it makes sense to you. Right? What are the questions that you can come in with? I want you to spend 99% of your time before a meeting and interview creating some questions, asking the types of questions that someone who is already taking personal responsibility for what they're discovering, that's what you're bringing forth. Right? Questions on how are they experiencing their current leadership journey, their current company? What are their current growth targets right now? What's happening right now behind the scenes, right? What about their past um, experiences, right? What's going on there? You've got to think in a more broader way about this, right? It makes a huge difference. Now, to bring these ideas together, right? A brand that is coalesced around a galvanizing offer. You've got to have it if you're serious about tapping the hidden job market. The second, a proven assessment and uncover process. You are not there to pitch. You are not there to talk about yourself. You are there to investigate, to understand, and to identify the kind of pain that you can then use as leverage for the offer. That's what it's all about, guys, okay? That's what getting offers through the hidden job market is all about. Instead of it being me looking at your resume and trying to guess at whether or not you can help us, through your, a conversation with you, I get more clarity into what we're doing and I see an opening here to get a very, very unique way of what I already want. So if I say no to you at that point, it's not saying no to a job seeker or just another candidate. It's saying no to that whole ability to, of, of solving it. Because what am I gonna do? I'm gonna start up a, a hiring process? No, right? That's the change, guys. That's the change, right? And then the, the, the last one is scalable messaging and call setup, which brings us to the secret weapon, right? Secret weapon, let's just be clear, guys. Phone is dead, email is good, but you've got to get there. Where are you going to start? LinkedIn, 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 a hundred times over. That would be my recommendation, 
right? 500 million users, 3 billion plus projected. 70% of the world's executives trusted as an information source. 92% of employers use it as a main hiring channel. 40% are daily users. And 93% of recruiters use it as a main hiring channel, right? This is the place that you really want to be. And I want to show you exactly what that new way looks like. This is the old way. Spend hours tweaking your profile and resume. Spend hours applying to jobs that are out of date. Get treated like a disposable commodity and then take whatever you can get. Here's the new way. You use this fast track method of the branding, the assessment call strategy, scalable messaging, and then you use that to scale up and leverage for a fast offer. Now, what does that look like? For the people that we work with, it's very, very simple. Um, they're using our in-house platform on LinkedIn. We take care of who to target, what to say, when to say it, when do the messages go out, it all, everything happens in our zone. We are filtering out anything negative. We are keeping all the positive. These are moving directly to a call. We are tracking absolutely everything as we move forward, okay? This is what it is all about. It is, a, but if you're doing it on your own, it's the same strategy. You're just doing it in a manual way, right? So the same idea here applies, right? If I'm, my first impression is you as an expert. You know how to have a little bit of that conversation, fine. What are the types of messages that you're gonna send? Big problem I see. Have you ever gotten a connection request from someone? You get a nice connection request, fantastic. Never hear from them again, right? What's going on? You've got to think about when you're connecting with a group of people, don't think of it as one-offs, think of it as a group, right? So if I am uh, um, a senior director of marketing, I'm targeting the internet sector, IT, I'm targeting uh, a few others, consumer goods, I'm saying to myself in this way, Who's being affected by this? CEO, COO, people, operations, they're all there, right? So if I'm targeting that group of C-suite leaders in those industries, right, my goal is going to be to lead those people through a sequence of messages that gives me the maximum amount of, of opportunity to do what? Get an accepted connection request, add a little value, get that authority going, and get from a place of curiosity, flip into a call. Right, And usually for the people we work with, we even set them up on the back end with a call schedule and all of this. So it just automatically pops up. You show up with full power, right? People are ready to go, right? So think about it in terms of a campaign. Think about it in terms of a structure, right? What would be a connection request message? If, if, you're, if I'm targeting CEOs or C-suite leaders in, in, in that, I wanna think about an entry point. Is it a school that I have in common? Is it a professional experience that I have in common? Is it a group that I have in common, right? There's a whole bunch of things that you can use, but you've got to have a common entry point. You've got to know who you're targeting and you've got to have an idea of a general sequence. One example of a sequence would be a four message sequence, connection request, thank you message. This is when they accept, uh, call message, final follow-up. And so this can happen, you know, you're going to space this out a certain amount of time apart and you're all going to a goal, but you're giving yourself a certain amount of at-bats. And as you're moving people through this, some people are moving into calls early on. We call those layovers. Some people are calling, moving into calls later on, but you are moving everyone through your process, adding massive value to everyone, moving all of these highly placed leaders who you should be getting to know anyway uh, into your world forever. Many of them you can leverage forever and you're moving it on, right? This is the way that you want to think about it. And as it relates to the different sort of um, gradations, all of your first degrees, yes, there are opportunities that are there, but you cannot assume that. You've got to assume that there's bupkis in your first degrees, right? Um, these are the test beds. So you want to avoid anyone who knows you too much as a job seeker. I don't want you reaching out to people who uh, have been a part of your job seeker, uh, you know, uh, psychological support group. No, no, no. That's not what we're here to talk about. I also don't want you reaching out with people who have a uh, clear conflict of interest, right? Uh, that's not what it's about as well. But any, anyone else, right? Anyone else, you want to use that first degree to directly go into a call. What do you have in common with them? What would you like to achieve here? What's the call to action? That's a simple, simple message. No more than three to four lines long, right? So then you're gonna move into your second degrees, which statistically is, the, is where the overwhelming number of people are gonna be found, right? Now, that means people who are one step away from your first degrees. So if you're targeting the industries, you're bringing people through campaigns into there. Here's another tip. Build a couple of relationships, connect with a couple of industry recruiters, right? Because if instead of spending or wasting weeks and weeks and weeks saying, hey, I'm building my LinkedIn profile from scratch, I don't know what I'm going to do. What we call, what we do is we'll set up a feeder campaign. 
which means that as you're moving qualified people through your campaigns, you also have a minor campaign going that is connecting with a few targeted industry recruiters. You're not moving into a call with them, although you're open to do that. But what you're really doing is you're taking advantage of their networks. Because if I connect with five industry recruiters, highly placed, that's the equivalent of how many randos in the industry, right? These people have already spent years building up their networks, guys. So why not spend a couple of, of, of minutes connecting with a couple of highly placed industry recruiters? Because guess what? Every one of those people that become a first degree, all of their first degree people become your second degrees. So by connecting with even four or five, you've increased the total pool of relevant high-level leaders that you can access through campaigns, through messaging, by a massive, massive thing. This is what people get wrong. The real value of LinkedIn is in your second degree connections, not in your first, right? And then after that, it's game on. You can, you can force magnify out. You can target whoever you need to. But that's the way, guys. What, is that, what does that actually mean for you? Tapping into the primary channel for executive hiring with over 90% of roles filled through networking. Referred candidates are over 70% faster to hire in today's market. I don't even think that it's actually worth um, checking job postings anymore. But even if you were, this approach will make you lethal. You know, be, knowing that you, you can't pitch and present, but that you've got to go in and arc into pain will give you an opening, even if you have a five-minute opening in a traditional um, interview, right? 88% of employers said that referrals are the number one best source for above-average applicants. After two years, retention of referred employees is 45% compared to 20% from job boards. 45% now we're getting into a somewhat acceptable zone. You know, I, I, I hate this mercenary attitude out there. I think it's causing depression. I think it's causing burnout. Um, I've suffered from burnout myself. Um, and and uh, a big part is that people just don't feel safe and secure anymore. You can. You can carve out a long-term relationship at a company. You've just got to start it in a different way. And you've got to commit to doing what you do already in the highest possible way. No more shortcuts. No more excuses, right? I'm working with someone who is a shoo-in for moving into high-level chief customer officer, um, um, really impacting that. Spent a few too many years as a technical writer. So when we're looking at what's going on, it's like, this is what I want. This is the vision. Here's a, a brilliant process. But as a backup, I can also be a technical writer. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. You're never going to be happy at that, guys. If you were happy at the job that you had it perfectly in the moment that you are, and you were perfectly happy with your career aspirations, you would not be here. So the question is, are you going to lie to yourself or, or are you going to do something here, right? 70% of companies offer cash bonuses for referrals. Bottom line, the hidden job market has the highest ROI of any hiring source.